Hello and welcome back to iZombie Radio, your source for all things iZombie on the CW. I'm one of your hosts, Sean Carpenter, and I'm here with my, as usual, my two lovely co-hosts. Uh, Chris, how's it going? Uh, it's going pretty well, Sean. You know, just uh, I'm I'm a little bit scrambling this morning because uh, some tax stuff came up that I didn't realize needed to be taken care of. So that's oh. been most of, yeah, so that's been most of my morning. Um, but you know, aside from that, everything's been everything's been pretty good. No no complaints overall. Just uh, it's that time of year when that stuff you know. <laughs> Especially when you're an independent contractor, comes to stress you the hell out. <laughs> and I'm also joined by our fantastic East Coast Live tweeter, Blaze Hopkins. Hey, how's it going? I am doing well this morning. I um, I've had a relaxing morning, and uh, I just need to get my phone charger back. And uh, get that Ugh. up and running again. But otherwise, no complaints. So nobody try to call Blaze, okay, guys? We know you have his number, but don't try to give him a call. No, actually, uh, I probably and, prefer and people And here's to his call phone number. 555. I probably prefer to be called right now so that, like, I, I wouldn't have to pick up. <laughs> oh, <man>. Okay. <laughs> And so this, we will be discussing the iZombie episode a little bit later because we do have just a small uh, inkling of news, nothing too major. Just a bunch of photos have hit the internet for the next three episodes, if I'm correct, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And also Rahul's episode of Supergirl, which is about a week and a half away at this point, I want to say. Uh, or so yeah yeah from this time over this recording yeah, it's on the 24th and it is the 12th today so, so 12 days from now yes. it'll be airing um i may have goofed in my live tweet and kept supergirl and rahul in the loop on my live tweet for a little too long my bad guys my bad <laughs> uh <laughs> happens this new twitter tagging thing makes absolutely no sense to me so i got lost for a little bit but (laughs) yeah i mean we've got set photos for including the dominatrix episode titled spanking zombie which i think is a hilarious name spanking the zombie spanking (laughs) the zombie oh yeah even better even better Rose even posted the one photo from the episode last night. Um, I think I retweeted it. For, I know I retweeted it from my account. I think I retweeted it from the iZombie radio account, too. She's like, watch iZombie tonight or else. And, yeah. and that that is from the Dominatrix episode. Which might be the either the second most fun brain, but definitely one of the most fun brains this season for live for yeah. sure because yeah, i mean that... overall this episode's brain may steal the cake as best brain ever um <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah if you want to go look at those photos just uh i mean it's the internet you can pretty much find anything <laughs> just google 
Yeah. My Zombie Season 3 episode insert number here and voila, pictures. Yeah, I'd recommend T- TV Line has them all in a really nice, easy to look through gallery. So if you want to do something simple, that's like it doesn't make you, <clears throat> it doesn't take forever to load, and it's kind of like, uh, that's the best site to use in my opinion. All right. Well, now that we got that bit of uh, plugging in, <laughs> let's uh, move on straight into the episode. Episode two of season three, which was titled, let me find the name for it. Why is my phone no- acting so Zombie Knows Zombie Best. Best. Which, oh, I'm really loving these titles. Really do, because either it's, like, a song title or, like, an old, old show title twisted into zombie something, and I, I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... They're, they're always good. Yeah. So, the episode starts off pretty much as usual. We get kind of see the, uh... I'm trying to remember. My I'm like half asleep right now, so apologies. Um, you know what? How about one of you guys talk about the episode for a couple seconds while my brain gets back <laughs> on the right track? Yeah, sure thing. I haven't eaten uh, yet, so all good. I'm a little yeah. hazy. Well, no, I mean the big thing with last night's episode, obviously. I mean the big thing that was advertised was that you know living major. We're going to eat the brains of a of a father and a, his 15 year old daughter. Liv eats the brain, ends up eating the brain of the father first. So then, when Major comes, you know, he's like, "Oh, give me, you know, I'll, I'll take the the father too, you know, and everything like that." And uh, but Clive and Liv kind of insist that he eats the daughter's brain so that he can help with the case. Ensues uh, hilarious Major Lily White acting like a teenage girl. Um, but personally for me, I mean, as funny and as great as that was, the best part of the episode for me was the deep dive into Clive's backstory and his history with Wally and, uh, and Wally's family, because while I liked how that was introduced in the premiere, I feel like the premiere, I, I, I said this in my review last night, I, I feel like it, the premiere was so like cram full of stuff because it's, it's a season premiere and we're trying to get back, you know, back into the show and everything um, that it didn't really give like the time and attention to the relationship that iZombie usually does, even with its smaller kind of character relationships. So I I liked it, but I was kind of like, Oh, so like, they're just going to kind of make Wally be this driving force for Clive. What do we even know about Wally except, you know, except for the fact that they lived in the same building. And so now that we got these flashbacks, it makes me so much more invested, not only in, the Clive and Wally relationship and the Clive and Anna relationship, but also just now the kind of the stake that Clive has in this um, potential zombie versus human war. Um, and I just thought, I, th- I think this is Malcolm Goodwin's best performance to date. And I mean, the end of the episode was just like crushing, emotionally crushing in the best way. The way he just delivered, he goes, you know, you know, Kevin asked, how long ago was that letter sent? 22 months. And, man, it was it was heavy, but I, I loved it. I ate it up, and I, I thought that, with along with the comedy 
of both Liv and Major, because I thought Liv was really funny too, as like the enthusiastic dad. Um, I thought it was a really <laughs> nice, it was a really nice balance. Um, yeah. Well, we even got a little bit of comedy even with the uh, Clive and Wally stuff. The whole Game of Thrones obsession beginning. <laughs> yeah, that uh, was. Well, that's what made that it. So, that's what like made it so tragic was that like you know Chris said, and then yeah, it's a bit more specifically getting into it like with the Game of Thrones and everything. Like you saw how, you know, like how closely Wally actually touched Clive and like the thing, you know, the things he did, and like yeah, it's like thinking back, Clive. Yeah, that's that's well, one of the more think... hardcore aspects of Clive's personality, like his how much he loves that show and. And yeah, and then to find out that you know Wally was the one that turned him on to it and everything, um, well, that that and the cooking too, right? Yep. Like those little de- both of those little details that we got last season. Yeah, um, exactly. And this is like everything I, I I mean, Chris, I think you too, like probably both of you. But this is everything I've wanted for Clive's character is just to like get to know him more, and um, and I I really like that it's. Not that not that we're just getting to see into his past, but how it is playing into the present timeline and like how much of an impact I think it's going to have on him this season and some of the decisions he makes or sort of sort of the the way he uh he decides to go in this whole sort of like zombies versus humans, um, like underlying like brewing battle, I guess, you know, or and the everything that might be coming. Um so it's just like a very nice way for them to reincorporate things and sort of add this twist onto everything that's so sad and has such a major impact on his character. Definitely. Um, just, I'm really glad that we kind of dived into Clive's backstory because it really was something we didn't touch on last season. Well, Too much. Yeah, and I mean, I think, too, kind of going off of what Blaze was saying, I mean, this now, it makes sense why he was so, why he went to, you know, in Love and Bat, the Love and Basketball episode last season, I think it was season two, episode yep. five, um, why he goes to the guy's house who's been hitting his kid mm-hmm. and beats beats the crap out of him. It's not, I mean, yeah, that'd be the instinct of pretty much any, everybody because, you know, but like, it brings that, back those feelings that he had towards Wally's dad. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, I even and, mentioned in like the live tweeting, like that I was doing. I was like, it's it's such again. It's yeah. It's a great callback to show that like he has never tolerated this. Yeah. Yeah. I just like I, how he took him down. Uh, that was <laughs> just well, <laughs> uh, I, Clive. Uh, and I think too going. Going back to the what we saw from him last season, it's even more powerful in a way, right? Because not only is it because he just wants to take him down to take him down, but it's also because he wasn't there for he wasn't able to be there for them when Wally's dad got out of jail. We find out, and then that's what causes them to move in with their uh, in with Anna's brother. And eventually, what leads them to Max, or not Max Ranger, uh, Fillmore Graves. Mm-hmm. And so, very inadvertently, very indirectly, you could someone could argue that Clive is responsible for them kind of putting them on the path to becoming zombies. 
Well, and then, um, and then also and he, the, the timeline last night is also tragic. Like you had mentioned the ending of the episode, Chris, and how he delivers that line. But it, and that's that's what I'm saying. It's like if like he only then his, if she had changed her mind and let Clive into their lives, like it was only a two week difference. Like two weeks later is when that Fillmore Graves picnic and everybody uh, at the company got that disease, you know, that sickness or whatever, and were forced to all be turned. Yeah, well, and and I think that's the thing, right? It's like, you know, I think it's more, though, at least for Clive in that, yeah, it's like, again, that kind of like work or duty, whatever it is, got in the way. It's not too dissimilar from what happened with Basio last season, Mm -hmm. where, um, again, he has to sacrifice what he wants, what he deserves, for the greater good in some way and you know i guess you can argue about what he was doing on vice and whether that's the greater good whatever but he got so caught up in that understandably so it is his job that he wasn't able to be there for them and it led to the most tragic outcome possible which is not only them becoming zombies but them being murdered Mm -hmm. and you can just see in that moment how much pain and it's just like in that final flashback too, you see the life he kind of envisions for himself yeah. with, with them. Like he's got a kid, you know, and as you know, the potential wife figure. And it's again, similar to what he could have had with Basio last year, where like they both could have ended up working at the FBI. He would have moved up in his career and he would have been with her and it would have been, he could have gotten out of Seattle. It's yeah. It's just uh man. It, I I loved how Clive centric this episode was, and like I said, I just thought Malcolm Goodwin man he came he came to freaking play and whew, yeah he was great even with the stash he was great the Tony Stark stash yep black Tony God Stark. that mustache was awful <laughs> I will say that I was not a fan of the mustache I probably could go either way on it <laughs> <laughs> like. Had I was if I was introduced to Clive with the mustache back in season one, I would have been a little more okay with it. Um, but since I'm so used to just it, it felt, not being there, is weird. It definitely <laughs> felt like an aspiring rookie cop stash. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's like it, it was just a heartbreaker last night, and also just to see, like, I loved the little touches as well. Of, uh, you know, like his, him daydreaming and everything and sort of seeing how important this was to him and how much he got caught up in these memories. And I also thought it was a really nice touch that on top of this um, and everything with abuse, how the the case with Winslow and everything, yep. too, before they obviously know the full story, you know, all of a sudden in it's like Clive gets hit with another poss- like possibility of abuse and mm-hmm. with like between you know a uh, guardian and a minor and stuff and and just to kind of like pack that on on top of everything else um i thought was again like a nice touch um to insert into the story and kind of really utilize that that case of the week in in just more ways than one yeah i agree because this is definitely one of the more disgusting and yeah disturbing. that i was actually i was like very surprised it was like like you said it was like a like disgusting and kind of like shocking uh that the show will go there and that's why i love it because they're unafraid to 
um, you know, like hit us with these bold and and definitely realistic storylines that have you know that we obviously like to think don't happen in everyday life, but they do. Like these these terrible types of situations and these uh, messed up scenarios. So I mean, you know. Props to the writers and everybody, you know, like on board the team that wanted to go there. Mm-hmm. For sure. Definitely. Definitely. I liked how there were instances of like <clears throat> double flashbacks, like a flashback within a flashback. Because from what I'm sort of remembering, there was like times when Clive would flash back to the case and while he's in the flashback of the case, flashes back to his time with Wally and Anna. When Kavanaugh was interviewing him. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, well, I mean, the way I saw it was it was kind of just a framing device that, like... But I, kinda... but I liked that. It was, yeah, it was cool yeah. as a framing device. For sure. Um... It was definitely, like, I did kind of like how it kind of comes full circle, right? That we begin with Kavanaugh and we end with Kavanaugh. And that, yeah, that, like, the opening moments of the episode are actually the same as the closing moments in a lot of the ways. You know, yeah, I thought that was was nicely done as well. I was actually, and I'll admit, I was, even with this episode just in general, um, yeah, I thought that was nicely done. But I was definitely... Um, surprised just to return to the actual brains and stuff. I was actually surprised that the they ended up being uh, being in the ba- in the background sort of compared to everything else going on. And I definitely it's not mm-hmm. I didn't mind it at all. Um, but it was just surprising because you know we came into this episode and major like you know the major and live brain dynamic was sort of I think the the focal point before knowing what uh, the plot was actually going to be about. And uh, and I kind of liked it. I th- I think that because also I think that for such a heavy episode, it didn't take away from Clive's story, but also I think didn't kind of like wasn't overkill on expectations for teenage girl brain and things like that. Um, <laughs> y- well, if that makes sense, kind of. No, no, because I agree. Because as funny as Major being on teenage girl brain is and was. If you overplay your hand, yes, you know it's just like any of the brains, right? Like, yeah, that's why, that's why they're only, you know, it's typically for the most part one brain a week because they know that, you know, if you have it longer than that, it could over overstay its welcome. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I I thought it was going off of your point. I thought it was a really nice balance of mm-hmm. the two, you know, and it, that's just again what the show does so well it balances you know the comedy and the drama and and it kind of it allows it to be unlike a lot of different a lot of shows on tv not not many shows can and can kind of move as swiftly through these types of uh these types of stories without kind of getting tonal whiplash Mm -hmm. um because it's just so they're so different from each other but iZombie makes it look easy yeah and even, um, but yeah, because like you said, even the, even with those brains and everything, um, like I really appreciated the subtle humor of Liv on the dad brain, <laughs> because it was all, it was all the, it was always like, she was actually like very quiet kind of, and, um, 
and like almost again like fully in the background of, in this episode but everything she did whether it was like leveling out a table you know or sharpening the the tools in the lab and everything um, yeah and then was... Ravi Ravi convinces yeah. her to, to fix the smoke detector yeah and, and then like offers to give him five bucks to do his job yep oh yeah and, that, and then very thought... very dad of live. And he follows up with there too. He goes, yeah. I think there was something about a crisp five dollar bill. And I was like <laughs> But I thought it was but, uh, I thought and then it was he's really like nice too. Oh, I'm buying coffee. Yeah, right. At the end of the episode. Yeah, I I like the the fun between their friendship, you know, that uh But yeah, and I also I but what I liked about it was that it still showed kind of like how much help Liv is and like caring she is. And I know it's obviously always a blend of the brain and the character, but you know, she still is able to have a help, helpful, honest talk, like with Ravi and everything. Um, I love the differences between the two conversations, right? Yeah. And how the, how the prank brains influence it. Yeah. Liv's like the supportive, like, just be honest with Peyton. You're a really cool guy. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. And major, she is literally the most selfish person <laughs> on the planet. Uh, was <laughs> so... and then how he got so emotional. We're best friends, right? <laughs> <laughs> that was <laughs> uh, <clears throat> this. Was the so brains weird. are just. I'm just glad that like we didn't overdo the brains, obviously, like you guys said, because if because it would have like made everything just seem less important if we were just constantly talking about major taking too many selfies and speaking in text lingo <laughs> and trying to and rose trying to make fetch happen on social media um that was right yeah. yeah yeah she she posted something and half the comments were rose stop trying to make fetch happen <laughs> <laughs> another question i had i wanted to ask um do you think that so again last week when we uh were discussing we had talked about the possibility of vivian and fillmore graves you know sort of being the ones to take out um wally and uh and sort of set that in motion uh do you still think that's a possibility um, potentially, because who's to say who's to say they're not on those message boards? Well, yeah, and that yeah. was that was my thing. Is like I feel, I kind of think I feel I'm getting the impression more and more that like Vivian and whoever you know the higher ups and Fillmore Graves and everything is that they want that they essentially are wanting and planning for zombies to get discovered and i you know like she i i just think it's so again it seems she says all these like little weird things or kind of mentions these little weird things that um that are sort of like i guess interesting to hear her thinking that like that forward thinking like last night how she starts count she mentions like the day or whatever and they're like what are you mm -hmm. talking about and she was like um, and she was basically like, oh, that, you know, that was basically our, our estimate for like three years, was it about until, 
the public inevitably would like find out about zombies. And in the back of my mind, though, because of how prepared they are for it, and like again going off of her previous comments, and essentially that there, no, like there's no doubt in her mind that there will be a confrontation, and that humans are gonna overreact like they normally do for a lot of things, and take a very aggressive stance. It almost is just like she, they, that she wants it to happen, and that they're almost trying to make it happen. And make it look like they aren't the aggressors. Um, so yes. I, I think it's interesting. I can see that. I can see that. Um, I just like I definitely don't trust her more and more. And just with the way that the show is sort of setting things up and everything, um, I don't know. I I could just like you said, Chris. Even if it's not that they necessarily uh, were the ones to take to like take out Wally and uh, um, I'm blanking on the mother's name. Uh, it is. Uh, okay. Um, but yeah, maybe they were the ones that posted on the message boards and maybe they are trying to, you know, have this secret counterattack because they just want, they're trying to create reasons to, uh, to start a war or to respond aggressively. I think it's interesting. I like I like the uh, I I like the back and forth though. I mean I think it it again it gives a nice uh, it just brings a nice uh, layer of kind of questioning and and trust into the picture. And I, and I think more importantly, I'm very I am excited to see how it continues to impact uh, like the main team and everything and and the trust between them. For sure, I I agree, and I I'm really curious. And Sean, I, I you know I definitely want to hear what you think too, because if it's not like someone we know already, like that that is killing off these zombies, then like my kind of question is like, who, you know, who is it, and then are they going to be set up as like the big bad for? you know, the end of the season or, or, or potentially next season. Cause like, I'm not sure what we're, where we're going to go with this message board. Like, cause mm-hmm. like it's, um, it's definitely interesting and it's, it's striking and how, like just how messed up it all is. But like, it leaves them nowhere closer to discovering who did this, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm also wondering too, cause the guy, the, the the neighbor was like somebody must have hacked in so it's like who has that type of technology to do that mm-hmm. you know the resources yeah that's that's what I'm really curious about as of right now it really does look a lot more like Fillmore Graves unless they throw in this third party to like shift the balance of things and it's a basically a group of rogue humans that are just out to hunt zombies. But that doesn't seem as likely since they've already introduced Fillmore Graves as this sort of entity for zombie kind. Mm -hmm, Exactly. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is to touch back on last season, we saw how easily Vaughn, like basically stalked somebody just because they sent what a negative tweet out about Max Rager and he had them killed. 
Yeah. So, it, you know, and again, Fillmore Graves is more powerful than Max Rager was. Or theoretically, you know, they they had more money and everything. And um, so, you know, I, I don't think it's unbelievable. Um, and it's not something we haven't seen kind of happen in the show before. For sure. So I, I, it's, I agree. It's really up in the air, but it's leaning more towards Vivian. And, I mean, it just seems like Vivian is trying to play both sides as best as she can. Mm-hmm. Especially with how in the last episode she was very emotional because of Wally and the family. Um, it She could just be a really good actor. <laughs> Honestly. Um, it, the emotion seemed real, but who knows? Like she's, she's the leader of a freaking private military contractor for Christ's sake. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like manipulation is sort of their thing. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's manipulation and influence. Exactly. Uh, Okay. You want to talk about Vampire Steve? <laughs> yes, I actually. <laughs> that's where I wanted to go next. <laughs> awesome. By far, best character so far. Like, best side character introduced. <laughs> the IT guy, of all people, being like this emo goth sort of, like, out there kind of character. Doesn't seem normal and. God, he's really just hilarious. Um, he re- immediately reminded me of um. Uh, I don't know if anybody's from like ever watched uh, either of you. I'm sure other people though. I know. Um, there's the show The IT Crowd, and on there, uh, Vampire Steve immediately reminded me of uh Richmond, who is their IT department goth guy, and uh. And he always just, same thing, he always just kind of, like, popped up out of nowhere and was very, like, had that classic, like, morbid, you know, tone to his voice and everything. And, uh, and I really love this addition, though. I think, I think this and Kavanaugh are really, so far, I really like them because Kavanaugh, for me, like, without having Clive be the cop who doesn't know, um, Kavanaugh is, like, very minorly stepping into that role, and I like that that presence is still included in the show. Um, and sort of seeing here with uh, Vampire Steve, I'm excited to see sort of just this this other character pop up. I don't, I don't need it a lot. Um, I, I don't really... It could go either way, like however much they want to include him is uh, fine with me, but I just like that they're kind of introducing these these side characters who who, again, don't know the full story and don't really know what's going on and can, you know, again, fill that purpose of being reactionary and involved in sort of um, the show and the, the stories without full having a full uh, wealth of knowledge about what what's actually going on and that there's actually uh, zombies and everything. But I thought he was great. I think the one thing I did, I was curious about, was he dropped that... Uh, he dropped the line to live of uh, if she had ever gone to like that that bar or club or whatever. It sounded like it was called perversion though. Yes. So part, which, yeah. Part, part of me wonders if 
he's the next time we see him is going to be in the dominant. Dominant, yes, episode. yeah, yep. right. Because I saw some people speculating online if that was going to be the speakeasy, but I don't think it is. Yeah, I couldn't remember the name mm. of it because that's what that's what my initial thought was too. Um, and uh, but yeah, I mean, I I but I, I forgot the name of uh, of what the place he mentioned. So yeah, I think it's definitely the, the dominatrix episode. And I think it'll be again. That, that's why I think it'll be he'll be such a great character because that's such an unusual place, you know, for a character to pop up. And if Liv is operating on that brain at the time and is sort of like playing into his, you know, all of a sudden sort of is playing into and along with like his, uh, I guess, fetish or you know, interests or whatever. Um, yeah, like it, it'll be so funny because again, he doesn't know what's fully going on. And then also it's like, they never interact with anybody outside of work necessarily. Um, so again, it'll just be such an unusual, uh, <laughs> unusual place for them both to run into each other once more. Definitely. Especially cause we know that Johnny, Johnny Storm's going to be back in that episode or Johnny Frost. Sorry. Johnny Storm's a member of the Fantastic Four. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. I uh, well, maybe maybe he'll be in the episode too. But uh, Johnny Frost is going to be in there, and then uh, what's what's Ken Marino's character's name again? Bert Stone or whatever it is. Uh, Brent. I forget what it is. Brent, I think. All right, Brent. Stone. Brent. I think it's Brant Stone actually. Brant Stone, the sleazy lawyer. He's going to be in that episode too. So it should uh yeah, it would be to have those three guys with Liv behaving that way would be would be pretty goofy. Um, <laughs> just man, uh, definitely definitely has me looking forward to that episode more. This season's just starting off really strong, so I'm just really excited for what's to come <clears throat> because it. Seems like it's only getting better. Yeah, like the world is expanding basically, and we're it's only growing. And and like I said, I think that, or I, I mean, I think that now that we've gotten, you know, like all of the the team and the main characters sort of in in the know and everything, um, it allows them to now expand and world build a little more and bring in, um, just kind of like grow everything that goes into iZombie as a show and uh, just may add more depth to everything. Definitely. And um, one last thing I want to touch on from the episode, though, and maybe it can lead us into some of the the funny teenage major quotes too, teenage girl major <laughs> quotes, but uh, is the reveal about the, the tubes, the brain tubes at Fillmore Graves, and that that's like what the mercenaries eat. Um, I think that's what everyone eats. True, but at, at least Fillmore like Graves. sure, but like at least like he's with the mercenary, so he's seeing them eat that, um, which I thought was really an interesting kind of concept because it's I don't think it's something at least I've never thought of before the idea of like mixing brains different brains together like that. Um, and it does kind of make sense in a way because, like, if you're training mercenaries, mm-hmm. you, you'd want them to be, like, focused and not distracted. Um, and not a teenage girl. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 
you know, your abs make me want to kill myself. Uh, but uh, I just that look was like a... a flabby blob. Yeah, <laughs> that was great. I also loved Liv's response to that when she was like, "If they want to eat brain mash, let them eat brain mash. But at this house, we eat whole brains and we solve murders." I was like, <laughs> that that uh that made me laugh a lot too. But uh, I don't know. I just thought that was another kind of like interesting little detail that we got about them. Um, and that, well, you know, it also played into um, Wally's family being outed as zombies on the Chuck Bird show because it's like, oh, I found these tubes with my dog found these tubes with brains in them. Yeah, that, exactly. So that too. That's what makes me think that all of Fillmore Graves sort of has the supply of brain tubes. No, you're you're definitely right. And I do wonder, too, like, you know, if, again, maybe, like, somebody tipped off somebody about the brain tubes, like somebody inside Filmer Graves. Well, because that's um, the other thing is, like, theoretically, if they're – because it's a hundred different brains, you know, in a tube, it would it would almost have to be, like, a, a Gogurt or something. So yep. it's not like, you know, if somebody found, like, one of Liv's meals where there are clearly little – cut up pieces of brain that you could you could physically tell but not you know not like a mash or anything yeah so that was my that's what i was curious about and obviously you know these are all like conspiracy theorists and stuff and very extreme people so they're already in the mindset of like zombies exist so there's no question that's what it would be um like brains in the tube but yeah i i was kind of curious because uh if that was a possibility, like being tipped off or something. Um, because, yeah, it's it's definitely, I feel like, a little leap if you kind of find some smooth pink mush. Mm-hmm. I mean, you might just think it's strawberry yogurt. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the weirdest looking strawberry yogurt and weirdest smelling strawberry yogurt ever. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. But, Ugh, I just think of Clive eating the, the brain pizza thing that Liv made the one time. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, probably didn't sit well in his stomach. Probably not. But let's get into some major quotes. Because, well, let's get into both Liv and major quotes. Because <laughs> they've both had some pretty good quotes this this episode. Um, um, at least for me, like, I mean, the, the one quote was the one I brought up about the abs. I thought that was really funny, but at least for me, for major, the best moment for him came when, you know, he was singing terribly to, uh, Katy Perry's, the one that got away or the one who got away, whatever it was. And, uh, but, but. I don't. I still can't judge whether him singing it was funnier or the fact that he literally just turns to Robbie and goes, "This song is so you and Peyton." Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that actually made me laugh more because it was just, it was just Robert Buckley's delivery of it was was hilarious um, and just not what I wanted to expect. Just not what I expected. And then, uh, kind of really following up up on that, my favorite live quote is is literally it's right after that when she walks in and she goes, how about turning it down a hundred cut, uh, a hundred, couple hundred decibels sparky. I don't think Miley Perry Gomez wants her fans going deaf. Yeah. That was, that was another really funny one. <sighs> I, 
my personal is like the I can't stop taking selfies just from the trailers. It's like I just can't stop taking selfies. <laughs> but like any any interaction between Ravi and uh, Major while he was on the brain, like are you are you my best friend? Yeah, are we, are we best friends? <laughs> yeah, like like I said before, yeah, that was just that was that whole conversation about. Uh, about Peyton and then leading into that was really great. And, uh, and I like to, sorry, get sidetracked just a tiny bit, is that Blaine and Peyton weren't in this episode, but we like still felt their presence because of Ravi being concerned mm-hmm. about it and everything too. I thought that, I thought that was smart. I hate seeing Ravi sad. I really do. Cause he's <sighs> he needs- just very sad about the things and, he needs to get over Now he's going to deal with a teenage girl. <laughs> he just needs to get over it, though. Well, he needs to, like, talk to Peyton and stop avoiding her. and Then, from there, move on. Whether it's with her or without her. I think that, yeah, I know. That's what I'm just saying, though. He needs to get over it to the point that he can actually have a honest conversation with Peyton instead of just, like, ignoring her. Which it looks like, thanks to Liv, he's on the road to doing. Thanks to very enthusiastic Dad Liv. <laughs> Absolutely. And then we had the whole... <laughs> we had the whole... Uh, like, it was within the same scene as the... Uh, as Major singing. And she, like, pats Clive on the back. Like, yeah. Very, like, he was a great guy. Very enthusiastic. And it's just... Seeing Liv super enthusiastic was, <laughs> again, yet another highlight of the episode. For Just, sure. <laughs> and Clive's uneasiness, he's like, I'm never going to get used to this, am I? Yeah. Am yeah. I ever going to get used to this? <laughs> yeah. And and definitely his reaction, too, to her, like, cooking bra- like cooking the brains in the morgue was really funny, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, do you have to do this every time? Or they walk <laughs> up on the crime scene, and she just looks hungry. And Clive's, really? Meanwhile, like, Robbie's just This is what you think when we back. get to the, the crime scene? <laughs> Robbie's just having chips, enjoying the, uh, the display of it all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's what I think is going to be the most interesting thing from this season is seeing Clive begin to get used to all the zombieisms. Mm-hmm. Because, like, right now he's a little weirded out. It's been about a week. So. Yeah, he's definitely going to have to, uh, he's going to have an adjustment period. <laughs> oh, big time. Like, first he finds out that, you know, lives a zombie. Then he finds out that the kid he sort of helped raise a little bit's a zombie, and now they're dead, and now this, that, and it's just like, ah. <laughs> probably, probably coping by rewatching Game of Thrones. For sure. <laughs> Waiting for that next book. I mean, he clearly isn't writing right now, so. Exactly. <laughs> but any other last lingering thoughts on the episode? Uh, 
Not not really. I mean, it just in a way it reminded me last year of Zombie Bro and how between the season two premiere and then that, that was like a solid one-two punch to start the season. And same with uh, Zombie Knows Best and then last week's premiere as well. I think just a really great way to, to kind of kick things off. Um, and uh, also fun fact, by the way, for anybody who cares – because I, I was on Facebook and I saw that uh, on the like on this day time hop feature thing, the season two premiere aired exactly a year ago today. So, hmm. oh, yeah. So our season two premiere, excuse me, season two finale is what I meant to say. But uh, but yeah. So just in case anybody was curious. But uh, but yeah, no. I just think it was again. This was just a really strong follow-up episode. It's just a really great balance of things. Um, and I'm really kind of excited to see where it's going. And I hope we get more. I'm liking how much focus on Clive we've gotten so far in these first two episodes. I just hope that continues. That's my main takeaway. More character development on Clive. Like, just to see it, get to know him better would be mm-hmm. would be good. Would be. Yeah. And... I mean, I feel like I feel like I know him well, but like, you know, just any kind of like background, like yeah, any little bit of background uh, history about him is good. Yeah, like what was he like in the police academy, or you know? Yeah, was... absolutely. I mean, and anything more that we can do to flush out his character will be welcome. Which I don't think is going to be the case with next week's episode because it looks to be a bit more. Uh, hold on, where's the? What's my comment on that all that? Um, ah, here we go. It's looking to be a bit more back onto the whole Blaine memory thing, especially since his dad's in the next episode. Mm-hmm. And a little bit more on Major because his time is definitely running out. You can actually see it in the trailer. Like, he looks a little more sickly. His hair is starting to, like, be a bit more sickly. And yoga instructor brain. Eat, pray, yeah, eat, pray, live is the name of the next episode, so. That should be, <laughs> be really funny. Namaste. <laughs> Definitely. And so, for the first time on the show, we do actually have some listener feedback, um, courtesy of the iZombie Writers account retweeting us, which is awesome. Like, Thank legitimately Thank awesome. Thank you, iZombie Writers. You guys are the champs. <laughs> so... The first thing we've got is from uh, David Siller at Siller David Poet. Uh, iZombie has always consistently been a rich and layered and smart and great show from the jump. This season has upped the stakes in a major way. Um, then we've got Sarah at Our Sarah Says. OMG, Major on Teen Brain was like the best thing ever. Uh, ben Christie at BC underscore Scrubs. If a full season four pickup isn't announced after that, it'll be criminal. And then it has a has a gif of 
Clive just being slightly upset. <laughs> um, and then Sable Darling Turvy at its uh, Darlin it's Sable J. With only 140 characters, there's no room, so I'll, pu- I'll put it simple. I loved this episode. And Ivan Quok, I think that's how, I'm sorry if I mispronounced your name, dude. Uh, at Ivan underscore Quok 95. Major on Sassy Teen Brain is ama- amazing. Followed up with a gif of someone's going, amazing. It's from, uh, it's from Happy Endings, the TV show. Happy Endings? Yeah, that was, that's I... the, that's the character's kind of catchphrase in the show. She says, ah, yeah, just figured I'd bring, he, bring the knowledge. <laughs> ah, thank you. As always, Chris, with the knowledge. And then he follows up on that. Honestly, can we have major on teen brains for the rest of the season? Uh, that might be overdoing it, dude. As much as, as much fun as it would be, it would get old really quickly. <laughs> and finally, re Oliphant at Oliphantastic underscore. Emotional, hilarious, brilliant, just an absolutely amazing episode. As usual, love it and can't wait for next week. So, thank you guys for everyone who uh, wrote in and gave us their thoughts on the episode. We have other thoughts on, like, the IT guy and uh, how the IT guy gives a Snape Kylo Ren feel. (laughs) I can see that. And, yeah. I think that that does it. Awesome. So we're going to do a little bit of housekeeping and uh, go into the shameless plug portion of the podcast. So, Blaze, why don't you start us off on your plugs? Where can we find you on the great interwebs? As always, you can find me at Blaze Hopkins, uh, pumping out weekly reviews over at tvovermind.com. Um Flash returns soon, Supergirl returns soon, um, both next week, right? Or two weeks? Uh, What's today? Two weeks, right? Yeah, two weeks. Yeah, two weeks for those. Um, I've been back on comic reviews for the Marvel Report. I just posted an Iron Fist number two review, and I think I should have a Kingpin coming out this week. So look out for those. And... Um, and yeah, I think Chris and I should be wrapping up our Iron Fist video reviews pretty soon. Um, and that's about it. Alrighty, and uh, Chris, where can we find you on the great interwebs? Yeah, you guys can find me as always um, at Seekinger13 on Twitter. Um, my uh, my review for last night's episode is a is, uh, up there and you can find it on tvovermind.com um so if you want to uh have, read more of my in-depth thoughts i think i wrote nearly like 1500 words go and check it out please um i also review arrow supergirl and i just uh just finished up with homeland and new girl last week uh for tv Overmind. so lots of good stuff over there if you want to check out um my thoughts and some other shows and uh yeah like blaze said uh, Iron Fist reviews are probably coming, and uh, I just want to say thank you to everybody who tweeted at us uh, the feedback for last night's episode. It's really cool uh, of you guys. We appreciate it, and uh, it's definitely what, what we want to see more of. We love, love interacting with you guys on social media, and uh, just thanks as always for listening. 
And as always, I'm on the internet at Snarky Sean, pretty much everywhere that I want to sound at. Uh, <laughs> I am the pop culture editor over at the Marvel Report, so I deal with video games, uh, sometimes clothing, sometimes toys, collectibles, anything that isn't under the movie, TV, comic section of the site is just crammed into the pop culture section. Literally is everything. Like, And as well, I also do Marvel animation stuff when I'm not currently frustrating over school and graduation and all that nonsense. Um, and then I actually just recently recorded an episode of my other podcast, the Geekishly Toku podcast. It had been about two or three months since we last recorded. And we talked about the Power Rangers movie and why I'm currently hating the TV show, and a bunch of other cool, nonsensical topics and tangents. Uh, and as always, you can find this podcast on Twitter, at iZombieRadio. We are on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, where else? TuneIn Radio, and a bunch of other places. So if you type in iZombieRadio, it should be somewhere there um stitcher would probably be your best bet if you're not a ios user and if you are if you are using the podcast app please please uh leave us a review rate and review us we really love that uh five star rating anything else we won't take into consideration uh <laughs> and you can find my witty posts about the episodes once we post them on iZombieRadio.com and on Facebook Facebook.com slash iZombieRadio We are also part of the bigger DCTV podcast network of podcasts as I like to redundantly say uh, So if you like Gotham Supergirl, Flash, Arrow Legends of Tomorrow, the DC movies, or even classic DC shows, we've pretty much got a podcast for everything under the sun. Uh, be sure to go to dctvpodcast.com or I don't know if the feed's back up, the mega feed's back up yet, but go there and you'll find the websites for each of the individual podcasts. And um, yeah, we should actually be doing something with everyone else towards the end of the uh, TV season. We're still figuring out the logistics on that, so stay tuned for all that fun stuff. And uh, with that, I believe that is the end of the episode, so thanks again for listening, and, uh, you know, stay chill and all that other stuff yoga instructors try to tell you, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>